What's up, everybody? Brad Peterson here, back with SMH Lab Podcast Season 2. Kicking it off with Jeff Barker, University of St. Francis head cross-country track coach, one of the best distance minds in the whole United States. Everywhere he's gone, he has won. He's won big national championship team back in 2012 at St. Francis, Illinois. And they are one of the top-ranked men and women's teams this year for cross-country, which they'll compete in the spring, actually, this year because of COVID for that national championship. Um, I had a super busy fall. Hopefully you guys are all well. Hopefully you've missed this podcast. But we're bringing it back, giving the people what they want. Enjoy this episode with Jeff Barker. Hello? Coach Barker. What's going on? Let's try this again. Yeah. um, So, Coach Jeff Barker, University of St. Francis in Illinois, is joining us on the podcast I have been uh, away for a while. I had a busy, we had a busy fall, didn't we, Jeff? Oh yeah, oh yeah. So did you, man. Winning some state yeah. title, you know. Right. So um, it was a crazy last few months, but uh, it's time to get back at this. So uh, I wanted to have Jeff on back uh, in the summertime. Didn't work out, but we're glad to have him now. And I'm going to embarrass you by reading some of your bio right now, Jeff. Awesome. So this Jeff is uh, in his ninth season as the head men's and women's cross-country and track coach at USF. Um, He has taken the men's team to seven consecutive NAIA top 10 cross-country finishes. That includes a national championship back in 2012, a runner-up finish in 2016, and fourth place in 13 and 15. And also the women, he's had many national qualifying teams there, including a fourth-place finish for the women. Uh, that was just last year, right? Yep, yep, that was last year. And uh, he was the National Coach of the Year in 2012, eight-time Conference Coach of the Year. And then uh, before he was there, I got to know Jeff really well because we were both out in Kansas. I'm not sure what we were doing out there. but uh, oh, Not much. Just, just coaching was about <laughs> the only thing we had to do out there. But uh, <laughs> he was at Kansas Wesleyan University, and I was at Friends University. We had some good battles there. Usually Jeff got the best of me, so uh, I didn't I didn't, I didn't like him very much. So I like him a lot better now. Um, and, uh, and we'll probably let you talk a little bit more about um, how you got started in coaching it uh, way way back at Andrean, right? And then on to uh, yeah. to uh, Calumet and so forth. So go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I started coaching. Gosh, probably 2003. I graduated college in 2003 didn't really know what I was going to do I was going to come back for a fifth year and run and I was always banged up college career wasn't going well so was kind of at home and two houses down from me um from the the house I grew up in uh my high school coach lived there uh coach Rick Torres and he was coaching at Andrain at the time and he uh convinced me to come out to practice and then you know came out once twice the rest was kind of history then I, I stayed there then I got a job as a guidance counselor there the following year and Ooh, started scary. coaching that's scary yeah, I, know. I know I know so I started working pretty heavily with him and uh, started helped helped him start building his program because it was definitely his program um, 
and then left from there, got a job at Calumet College of St. Joe's, um, being the first head cross-country coach there, um, NAI school. So I got a chance to start that program and then eventually jump um, to Kansas Wesleyan for several years and then did one stint at a Division three school, Fontbonne, um, in St. Louis, trying to get back this way towards family and then ended up at St. Francis. Hey, real quick, Coach Torres, is he now coaching college? Yeah, actually, he's in our conference now. He's at St. Xavier College. Oh, uh, nice. He was he was actually at Kelly College. He was the AD, and he just switched over this fall to St. X, which is a kind of like a rival school with us and Olivet Nazarene. Usually, a pretty good distance school, so it will be it's it'll be fun to coach against them. You wow. know, being being yeah. the guy that really got me into running and coaching and and so forth. He drove me to high school every day. So is uh, that right? Yeah. So he got me into running. I played basketball and. Uh, <laughs> you know, one of those things. And he talked me into it and I'm like, I'm never going to do this or stick with it. And here I am today. Incredible. Yeah. And I think that, uh, the fact that you didn't coach that long in Indiana, a lot of people don't realize you're an Indiana guy, that you grew up in Indiana and went to college at where St. Joe's. Yeah. St. St. Joe's and Rensselaer, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah, they closed. They closed several years ago. Oh, man. Yeah. So, but yeah. So, but yeah, like most of your coaching has been done outside of yeah. the state of Indiana, but I always consider you, you know, one of the great uh, all-time Indiana coaches because you're, you're from Indiana. Well, you know, so. and I know you and I have talked about this and we've talked many times about training and so forth. I've learned from going to the clinics in Indiana, which have been some of the best and heard some of the best coaches talk that some of them already been on the podcast, Eric Kelson, you know, Fletcher, yourself, uh, man, I can go on and on and on and how I sat there and took notes or picked people's brains. And, um, and, I, and, you know, college coaches, I, I interviewed for a job way back. I, I can't even remember where it was. And the guy, I didn't get the job and it was like for, I, I forgot what position it was, where it was, but, you know, everybody gets a GA job now, then they get into coaching and they have no coaching experience, you know, and the one thing they liked about me is that I had some high school coaching experience and so forth. And I, and I guess long story short, you know, high school coaches are, I think are amazing because they just take what they have and they develop it, you know, um, cause they have to take what they get in the hallways and, and make it, make it great, you know, um, right. and, and really hustle in, in college, you know, sometimes coaches miss that because they're like, Oh, I can recruit talent, but you know, how do you develop, you know, um, and so forth or take a kid that's average and make them really good. And and I I think that's one thing I take a lot of pride in. Right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Like you've done an amazing job with taking like the, I just feel like you always have a 1230 girl two miler that comes in, you know, graduates high school with a 1230 two mile PR and, and two years later, she's running equivalent to like 11 flat or 1050 for you in, in the two mile, like a, like a 10, 10, 3K, let's say. Yeah. So, and then same thing on the guy's side, but, but um, how do you identify that talent and then how do you develop it to, to that point? Because it's, I mean, you, you do it every single year. Yeah. Yeah. Like right now on our women's team, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of it. When I got there, the girls team never went to nationals and we've made it um, the last nine years in a row. We're currently ranked second in the country. Our Nationals will be in April because of COVID. They missed or they moved it over. Um, but gosh, our girl that won conference, she was twelve thirty, five forty five, maybe in the mile um, in high school. And gosh, she time trialed right after our conference meet, ran ten oh five, and so forth. And I remember seeing her run once, and I'm like, she's a stud. Um, 
or, or she can be really good, you know, but, but there's a lot that goes into that. I, there's identifying it and seeing it at meets and then there's getting it in your culture and, mm-hmm. get, and getting them to buy in too. Um, and, and I think that's one thing we're, it's not just me and our program. I wish it was, I wish I could say it's me, 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 <laughs> but it's not like I have four, three other assistant coaches that help me. I have a great female assistant. She's great with recruiting coaches, the sprints jumps, but she also works out with our distance girls. And I have, uh, coach Chappie and coach Trevor Howard, who are awesome with distance running, get it. And so we can really give our kids a lot of attention and get them to buy in, in the process and how to get better. And, and we, we pay attention to detail, you know, and, and I feel like we, success is important. You know, sometimes it's like, Oh, go out there, have fun. It's running this and that, but like, no, we want to win. We want to get better. And then, especially with me, it's like, okay, you you know, that 545 girl, you ran 520. You know what? You can run 510. You know, like, like there's, there's another level. And I, I think that's what we're always preaching and so forth. But I don't know when I go out recruiting, I'm always looking in the middle of the pack, you know, how they run, um, you know, and, and then, you know, like, like anything, what, what program are they coming from? Are they being pushed as that much? You know, um, sometimes their coaches are great. They're great people and, and, and this and that, but they're only running two months out of the year and then they're sitting, you know, so if you can get them to do something over a long period of time and get them passionate about it and, build that enthusiasm in their daily life and, and that passion, you know, they can be, they can be really great, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, so you go to a, you go to like the, the new Prairie Invitational, let's say in Indiana, one of the largest invitationals and you go there and, and you obviously typically you're not going to look at the, you know, let's say a girl runs 1740 and wins it, but, and, and then several girls come in the 18s and guys are running the 15s. But not that you're ignoring those guys, but you're looking more at the, the guys in the 16s or the girls in the 19s. But you're looking at uh, their form, their technique and things like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, like if I see someone, gosh, I got a guy on my team right now. He's from Crown Point. He was a 17 something, probably guy at New Prairie, mm-hmm. um, Zach Hoover. And he ran, in, I think he ran in a four by eight at the state meet, but he was probably, probably was the slowest guy like a low two minute guy. He wasn't bad four forty five, lower 10 minutes in the two mile, but not nobody's beating down his door, uh-huh. you know, you know, his freshman year, he runs thirty one twenty for us. You know, he time trialed right before Christmas break, 1448. I never thought the kid would break 15. We had him stuck at 1508 forever, but I watched the way he run or he ran and his form and then man, just talking with him, his passion and so forth. So just, sometimes it's, it's getting lucky and it's finding the right kids and so forth that have the good background um, but you know, so, I mean, there's obviously a lot that goes into it, but man, I, man, a 20 minute girl, I'll take a 20 minute girl. And, right. Yeah. Dude. If you, and you know, in, in understanding your level, you know, at our level, if I can get them to run low 19, man, they're going to be great. And we get seven girls like that, man, we're going to be really good. You know, we can be a top 10 team or, you know, get a couple in the 18, we're going to be up there. So, um, it's just, you know, I, I think it's having confidence in your coaching. It goes back to that walking through the hallways of the high school and like, man, you can take this kid and make them good, you know, um, mm-hmm. by doing these things and, and seeing how passionate they are and getting them to buy in. I think it's that culture and building that, you know, desire to be great and telling them they can be good. Some kids don't think they're that good because they are in the middle of the pack. And, you know, the biggest th- problem we have in our program is we get, we develop kids, but then it's getting to the national meeting. Like some of them hadn't gone to a state meeting being like, Hey, you can be an all American. They're like, what? I've never been this way, you know, before. So yeah. You know, it, it's, it's getting them over that and, you know, the whole other side of running of, you know, I don't know. I always say we're blue collared, hardworking and we're tough and 
we're not afraid of anybody. You know, we'll look you right in the eye and take you down. And but that oh, but yeah. that's been but that's been built in over nine years. When I first got here with the girls, first day I was like, man, you guys are gonna go to the you guys are gonna go to the national meet. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, I'm like, and prior to getting in, the coach was pretty good. And they had a lot of good mid-distance kids, kids in the 220s, a couple under 220. They had a, you know, and I was like, how are they not going to the national meet in NAI? And we finished 12th that year. And they, they thought it was like amazing just making it when we got there. And I'm like, hey, we're going to, we're not done. You know, we're going to do something. So I, th- I think that's always my, th- my thing. It's like, we got to take care of something in front of our face, but then there's always something next um, and, and, and so forth. So. So let's say that and I, I don't know the young lady that was five forty five and and so forth, but let's let's say that just a, a, a random twenty thirty five k girl who only ran twenty miles a week in high school, maybe five days a week, definitely no more than six. Like, how do you? So that's what she did. That was she was twenty miles a week as a senior, and she ran twenty thirty for five k and twelve thirty for two mile. What do you do with her year by year at University of St. Francis? Yeah. Yeah. Man, we start out simple in the summer. Um, and, and we, we run minutes, we run minutes. So I get them to buy in and, and if they follow it and they come in in early August, you know, we, we just, we don't do anything flashy, you know, we're t- Tuesday, Friday workouts, but I, I would say the big thing we focus on and the hardest thing for kids coming in our program is just their daily runs. And I know we've talked about this before, Brad, is that I don't want my kids running sloppy. You know, I'd rather them run seven days a week at, 7.30 pace, 7-minute pace, then early on, early on, then, then I care more about that than, like, their workouts, so to speak. Right. That's um, the ladies. What, what about the yeah. guys? I'd say 6.30, 6.40s. Yep. Um, and, and then, and then we, we harp the long run. Now, a long run for a girl like that could be 50, 60 minutes. You know, when they get older, it could obviously be, be further, but they're going to be running longer based on the minutes. Um, but when we, we also do a lot of hills and things like that. It's, it kind of sounds like I'm saying Lydia's stuff right now. Um, <laughs> But but there but there's a process that I, I call it total progressive aerobic development. I, I got the term; it's not my term. Um, there's a guy by the name of Matt Woods. He coached at Malone when they were really good, yeah. ran like three in a row, three in a row. Yeah, I know Matt. Yeah, yeah, phenomenal, smartest guy I've been around. And I didn't get it at first when I started talking with him because uh-huh. I I took all aerobic, all aerobic, all aerobic. Well. Man, there's a million ways to do things. So we, I changed what we did probably three years ago, and this is ever since then we've been in the top ten and we've been running faster. And I'll use an example. We have a girl, Sabrina Baffetieri, on our team. She's a sub five minute miler in high school. She ran the two hundred and the four hundred. She was twenty seven seconds, about sixty to sixty two in the four hundred, and probably about three mile in Illinois, nineteen something or whatever. So she probably was that twenty to twenty thirty five k girl. You know, and she was 18th in the country last year. She was our number one runner, All-American, can run 10.06 in the 3K now and so forth. And she just bought in. But, I, I, man, her runs, long runs and things like that, I mean, she'll do 12 miles at 6.45, 6.50 pace, you know. But it's been just totally just developing that side. But it's step by step. So, you know, we'll we'll get in September. And sometimes people are like, oh, we don't want to do speed till later. I I know I've coined, coined this term talking with you and many other coaches. It's kind of like that old generic way. You're going to do strength. Then at one point in the season, you're going to switch over in speed, and then you're going to run fast. And we're touching, we're, we're touching in the systems all the time. Yep. So we all, we're always doing hills. We're always doing tempos, fartlicks. But everything we're doing builds into the next phase. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, early in August, we're doing, we're doing some hills. We're doing some fartlicks. May, maybe some tempos if kids can handle it. Or we're breaking it up for them to make it easy so they can get that aerobic – 
lactate threshold in. Um, and then, you know, in September, we're going to, we're going to see how it translate on the track a little bit. We'll, we'll be doing 400, 600, but at 3k, 5k pace in order to prep the girls to do the next phase, you know, maybe four weeks down the road when I feel they're ready or whenever, depending on our calendar, um, to maybe do some really good VO2 stuff. But because they're prepped, they're never sore from that stuff either. So, Mm -hmm. and then we're so aerobically fit. So, you know, where a lot of kids, you'll you'll switch systems and you'll go in and they're super sore and they're out, they're running really slow the next day. Um, And and they're sore the whole week. Well, our, our, our kids don't get sore. We recover because we do it step by step. And that's what Matt, Woods taught me with the total progressive aerobic development, but I never understood it. I, all I thought of was tempo, strength, because that's all yeah. he would say. Right. But but the what I didn't pay attention was the details of the, you know there's no stone that can be left unturned, and you have to hit all those systems and month by month be doing the right things. And I think we've gotten really good with that. And I didn't even catch that until a few years ago. We would go to Wash U to Distance Carnival every end of March, early April, and every kid in our team would PR in the 5K. And then I'd look back, like, why are we doing this? How come I can't get this in cross country? Because we were terrible at the end of cross country on the girl's side. So I went back and I looked, and that's exactly what I just kind of recited what we, we, were do- we, we were doing. And it was because we, would, we were doing hills because we don't have an indoor track. Um, we use the high schools every now and then. Um, but when we were in there, we, it was a 160. We used outside lane, so it's 200. And we're not doing a lot of volume in there, but it was more 3K, 5K stuff. And then, you know, once we got outdoors, we added a little more volume and things like that. And we meshed it all in. And then all of a sudden we have 10K, 5K people just going crazy, running awesome. And so, like, you know, I always say, like, when someone runs fast, you have to look back exactly at what they did. And then you need to repeat that when it matters um, yep. and, not, and not change it. And I think that's another mistake a lot of coaches make is they, they try to get, yeah, you want to get better, but you got to stick to what works. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, I would say that's a little bit of it. Yeah, I love that. Like, explain that a little bit more, like, going back to, like, so somebody somebody runs, like, a, a nice big PR, um, let's say, in track season in the, in, the, in the 10K or 5K in, like, middle of April or late April, yeah. and then you go to nationals, and so you look back at, like, that week that they ran really well in that 5K, 10K, or those last 14 days, and you kind of, like, look at that and be like, hey, let's just do that again, maybe a tad faster, or maybe a little bit less volume, is that what you're saying? Yeah, or, or or we'll do the same exact thing. Yeah. Like, I don't believe in, like, whatever, tapering, whatever that mm-hmm. means. I, mm-hmm. I believe in kids that are fit run great on the right days. And, you know, like that, that one girl I mentioned, Laisha Corona, she was a girl that won conference. She was a 1230 girl um, in, in, in high school. And now she's, uh, man, she's she's awesome. 1006, you know, low low 17, all that kind of stuff. I, I We have a workout she does always the week of a big meet i call it the corona workout dude we do it all the time and like our whole team does it you know and she always runs super fast and our whole team does and it's it's just nothing flashy you know yeah. um so um uh, but yeah and we, we we repeat it now again yeah we, we might throw a little something different in there as we're getting sharper depending on what phase we're in and so forth but the kids know it and they they know that they're going to run fast because that that's, we, we, we preach that all the time. We're not going to change what you did. And I give them right. examples in high school, like, Hey, remember when you cut back stuff and you cut back so much. And then at the end of the year, you're just like exhausted or <laughs> you felt like you peaked too early. I was like, you didn't peak too early. You're, you're starting to get out of shape. That's right. You know? So like, keep it simple and don't get crazy. And sometimes coaches get greedy, but I'm, you know, 
so you can always you're always going to back off and make sure they're a little rested but you can always still gain fitness by doing some of the th- same things but change may, may, maybe that workout's faster this time because they're mm-hmm. fitter and they're still recovering you know or maybe you threw something else along in, in the next the four week block leading up to that that they've gotten better doing it you know so right um, I think it's just reading it. And I think, you know, that's where coaching is an art and a science, man. We don't do the same stuff every year. Um, we have some things we do, but man, I'm always, if you do the same thing all the time, you stay the same, you know? Right. So I always say our kids know in our program, like, it's not like we say, Hey, on October, whatever, we're doing this workout and this workout works and this is going to make us run great. Like that's a bunch of BS, you know, it's everything you've done along the way. And you could do any workout at that point and, and be really good if, if you believe in what you're doing and you have the right process and you've hit all this, you know, the systems and you're doing things right. So, um, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but it does yeah. to me. <laughs> it does. And I, I love that what you said about the, uh, you didn't peak early. You just got out of shape. Mm-hmm. So, I hate when kids say like peaking early or, Oh, I'm burnt out or no, you're not. You just messed up or your coach messed up. Somebody yeah. messed up the training and, yeah. uh, and you, 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 um, you lost your fitness, you know, right. you, de- you deconditioned your body. Yeah. Uh, so like, I'll, like, I'll talk to coaches that they'll, they'll say they're like the weakest state or something. They're going to do five times all out six hundreds with like 10 minute rest on like Tuesday or Wednesday before state. And I'll be like, well, have you ever done that workout before? No. Well, probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> no. you know? I'm serious. And you yeah. know, you know, yeah. I'm, you've talked to guys that, and, and they mean well, you know, they're trying. And some, they saw it somewhere that they should, you know, you should do all out fast stuff to, um, to get ready. But that is, that is not the case for, for a 5k for, for the high schoolers and, and definitely not the case for, for 8k and 10k in college cross country. Um, right. it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, more stuff that'd be like, get somebody get, getting ready for an 800, you know, do some, some fast 600s or whatever. But again, though, you try to do stuff three or four days out, you're, you're just going to be tired for the race. Right. Um, right. And I think that's where a lot of mistakes are made. And I made those, you know, as a young coach for sure. Um, mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just like you, I think I'm constantly learning. I'm constantly asking guys advice like yourself or, or yeah. other people. And, and, um, and I know you do the same. So that's, um, that's another thing I wanted to ask you about is, and you, you touched on a little bit earlier, but what, what would you recommend to, to young coaches as the best way to, you know, when, when they start coaching, the best way to learn about being a great distance coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, for me, it's been, man, just sitting around talking with people like yourself or other coaches. Um, you know, I have coaches I talk to every day around here and different friends and I ask questions and, and so forth or going to clinics. You know, I think clinics are really good. Um, I, I, I get, I'm pretty picky now. Like I, I, you know, like when coaches say they get their certification and their level one or their distance and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I know you're laughing. Like I'm going to go get a certification from a guy that has, doesn't have any, you know, great experience or a great resume um, just because he reads a USA track and field book. Um, So I I want, I want to hear real stuff and how they adapt and how you deal with your kids and how you deal with your culture and how you get kids to believe. Cause I think there's another side to it. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that I've learned from over the years, but I, I think it's just talking with you. Like, you know, everybody, they, they think of Malone, they think of Jack Hazen's, but you know, Matt, Matt Woods was a big part of their big oh, run yeah. where they, they won three in a row in the NAI and that team was awesome. I mean, awesome. Mm-hmm. They had studs on that team. 
So like, I, I didn't know that, but you know, I had a good friend, Joe Eby, who's been on here and he introduced me and you know, all the Ohio people and man, I, I learned a ton, you know, and I, I think just constantly just connecting with people and, and so forth and not being stuck in your ways of, man, my high school coach did this or my, my college coach did this. So I have to do this because it, it works, man. Like I'm kind of, I, th- I think when you get that way, you're, you're stuck um, as, as a coach. Um, and there's many different ways to win and be successful. I mean, shoot right down the street here. I mean, we got North central, you know, division three school. They're awesome. El Carius. And you know, like, man, they're hard to recruit against and so forth, but you know, like our assistant coach, coach Jeff Chappelle, he ran there, you know, and I know when I got here, I would pick his brains on all the stuff that he's done and, you know, and so forth. And I look up to it and some of the stuff, man, it's so simple and so forth, but kids are just consistent and they work hard. And so it's just, I think it's just connecting with people and, and not being stuck in your ways, you know, like, and if something doesn't work, don't keep doing it, you know? And I, I don't know how many times coaches keep doing the same thing and they're like, I don't know what's wrong. It's the kids, <laughs> right, right. you know? Well, well, if you're, if you're in the classroom and you're, you're a teacher and your kids keep failing, you know, maybe may, it might, might, might be the teacher right. too, you know? So you may have to find a different way to connect with them. And I think that's the art of coaching. And I, I think you got to be a little more open and talk to and all different coaches, you know, like different levels. There's great college coaches. There's great high school coaches. Um, I mean, there's, there's amazing people out there that, you know, aren't, aren't, aren't at those clinics um, or teaching those classes and so forth or have a book mm-hmm. that's written, you know? So, yeah, that's interesting. Um, yeah. As a teacher, like if I give a test and we have, I have 30 students in the class and 25 of them, fail or get a D, then I probably gave a bad test. Um, and it's the same thing, right. like you're saying. So if my top seven runners are running at a, at a big invitational and only one or two of them run well, I probably didn't do a very good job, you know, and I'll, I'll always tell the kids that now yeah. five out of seven run awesome or six out of seven, and then probably one or two of them just, you know, they choked or they, you know, they, they didn't buy into the plan yeah. or, or maybe they were sick or whatever, but but um, you have to look at that as a coach and evaluate if, if the majority of them are running poorly week after week, that's probably something you're doing. And then nine times out of 10, it's the less is more. It's not like, Oh, we got to, we ran so bad on Saturday. Let's just kill them on, you know, let's, let's go long on Sunday and kill them on Monday. Right. And it's like, no, they probably right. need a day right. off Sunday and maybe an easy day Monday and <laughs> yeah. maybe just one workout Tuesday and then they'll be much better off for it for the next week. Um, but uh, yeah. But you hit it on you hit it on the head. I mean, taking responsibility right. as a coach, especially as a young coach, and learning, and asking questions. I mean, that's. I mean, dude, if we run bad, I, I beat myself yep. up. I can't sleep because I'm like, it's my yep. it's my fault. I didn't have them ready because when we do things right, we're we're on fire, you know. Um, and that's I think that's a sign of a great coach is they don't blame the kids. Now you can get on your kids, for maybe not doing things right or little things right that they need to do to be ready. Um, but then you got to make sure they're doing those things and take accountability and for their actions. Cause you're, you represent them, you know, that's true. That's true. But so. uh, yeah, I think that's the mark of a great coach. So, I mean, yeah, you can take it too far and I'm sure both, both you and I have, have taken it way too seriously from time to time. But like, <laughs> if, you're, if you're losing sleep yeah. over it, like you, you care, you know, and, and I hope, you know, mm-hmm. I hope to God that, that my athletes lose sleep. Um, if, if, if we were really trying to do something special and it didn't happen and, and we didn't perform well, you know, I hope I'm not the only one that is feeling bad about it. You know, I mean, I know, I know I got a kid, obviously yeah. Isaiah Sturry, that if, if he, he didn't have a great race in his, in his mind at nationals and he didn't sleep well, you know, he was disappointed. He wanted to, to do better. I mean, 1447 is still pretty fast, 
but uh, you know, he wanted to run 40 yeah, 30 days, but he's still, you know, he doesn't even want to talk about it, but that's the mark of a champion. That's what I told him. I, I told his mom the same thing. I was like, she was like, Oh, he's so disappointed. I'm like, this is why he's going to be the best. You know, this is exactly right. why. And that's the same thing as a coach. And I know I hated losing to you and you hated losing to me. And, uh, you know, yeah. but uh, like I said, more <laughs> often than not, you're beating me. Uh, it was funny uh, to talk about that. Like I went out there to Kansas to this small conference called the KCAC. And I didn't know you that well. I didn't know Joe Eby at all, who just got to McPherson. You just got to Kansas Weston the year before or whatever. I did know who, who um, Jim Helmer was. Um Mm-hmm. Uh, a legendary Hall of Fame coach at Southwestern who had like a streak of 31 years in a row for for um, for uh, track or cross country. I can't remember which was which, but the streaks, the streaks, yeah, yeah the streaks probably like both. <laughs> um, but I know you broke yeah. one of the streaks on the women's side, and I know we broke the streak on the on the men's side. Um, but but um, but I my point is, I went out there thinking like, God, oh, this will be easy. Like this little conference, I got this coach Helmer. I got I got to try to take care of him, but. Um, but then I go out there and like, it's three of the best coaches I've ever seen between, between you, <laughs> you at uh, K-Dub and, and Joe Eby did a magnificent job in McPherson, turned them around and turned them into a powerhouse immediately. Me, both of you guys did. And then coach Helmer was, was yeah. a bear to deal with. So we had like, I mean, we had just four really solid programs that were doing things the right way. So it was, I mean, it was a lot of fun though. It was way more fun than just going out there yeah. and, and uh, not having any competition, but my gosh, like it's, it's not that way anymore out there, you know? I mean, <laughs> well, talk about one of the hardest right. places to recruit right. in the world, <laughs> in the world. If you can make it happen out there, you can do it anywhere. That's it's right. so hard. Talk about ident- identifying talent, like finding recruits. I mean, I mean, there's so many junior colleges in the state of Kansas and they have housing and it's affordable and, you know, so if you're at a private school in Kansas, your back's already up against the wall. So you have to find kids to come there, identify that talent, develop that talent, and then, you know, compete against. Obviously, we, we had so many great coaches um, and so forth. And, man, I almost had Helmer the one year. I think it was mm-hmm. your first year there at Friends, the year you guys yep. hosted conference. We ended up – we were favored to win. We beat them during the regular season. So we were the first team in 30 years to even right. beat them during the regular season. And then we choked at their meet. <laughs> And they, they, they beat us. I mean, they, they yeah. housed us pretty good. Um, but, and I, man, I thought I had, a, I had a really good team. And then a couple of years later, I mean, man, you had, it, you had it rolling and your program was established. But, I mean, it's toughest place to recruit. I mean, I mean, I know you were at Tech and other places, but I don't think it was hard just as it is in Kansas no, with the resources no, out there and so forth. I tell people this all the time that, the, you know, when I, when I went out there, all the, the junior colleges, the community colleges, I was like, what? Why would you – like, valedictorians were, like, going to junior college. Yeah. And, and I was like, why would you do that? Because Indiana, like, you go to junior college if you have, you know, bad grades or, or it's, like, a last resort. But out there, it was, like – I mean, it was genius. Like, they're saving money, and, and, the, and the community colleges were actually really nice. Like, nice schools, nice facilities. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was – so then you had to beat the system. I know both you and I did with – you got to become buddies with junior college coaches. <laughs> we had to become buddies with Degrado yeah. and whoever yeah. else. Um, but um, yeah. but he was another one out there, Vince Degrado at at um, Cali and now at Allen. Like he was another outstanding coach out there. Kansas just I was just super impressed with, um, you know, more so on the on the college coaching side. I was just super impressed with with people out there and the way they did things. Um, and um, and I think you kind of already attested to this, but the Indiana high school coaches are. 
you know, are among the best in the nation. I mean, the, how hard they work and the way they do things. Would you agree with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, gosh, there's so many good coaches and with a one class system, I mean, you gotta be on, you gotta be on your game. And and I'm starting to learn, you know, obviously I've been here nine years in Illinois, but this area, there's a lot of amazing coaches too um, in the Chicago suburbs and so forth. But man, those Indiana guys, what they're doing with their resources and gosh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. You talk about, again, identifying talent in the hallways and then, and then you have to develop it and you have to do it year in and year out. And there's schools that do that, you know, I mean, and it's building that culture, you know, and it's the same way in college. How do you do it's that? No how do you, how, you just have to, what is your culture? Define it if you can. And then how do you build that culture to where you want it to be? Cause it took, obviously it took time at each school you've been at. Yeah. Yeah. Especially here. I, I would say the power we had was numbers and the kids were really hungry. So I came in and the guys were ranked 13th and the women were just there. They were close. So, and they were, they were eager for a change. So like, you know, obviously taking the, the generic way that everyone would say a job interview, I'm going to take an athlete center approach and blah, 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 blah. But I, I really think we, we harp character and doing things right outside of practice and, you know, doing things right in the classroom and, you know, being passionate about running. I know it, it sounds easy, but man, we're, we're pretty goal driven and we have a lot of team meetings to go over this stuff and we make it fun, you know, but we make it serious. And so we give them a lot of purpose. Um, and it's not just one meeting, it's constant. I mean, during COVID, we, we were doing Zoom meetings like crazy, you know, and I, and I felt like our men's team, which is, which is a good team, they struggled last year. It was our worst, worst finish. We finished 10th at Nationals. Um, and that's, that's a, that was a disappointment for us. And it's like, all right, man, we want to win a national championship, and we're young, and we got to start talking about it, and we got to start living it and doing things right and teaching them how to live like a distance runner and doing distance runner type things and not only teaching them, but getting them to like it, you know? And I, I don't know if there's a right way to explain it, but I think it's just consistency. And, and we, we have a lot of good coaches that can share stories and be on it and harp on kids. And, and winning's fun. I don't care what anybody says. Like, winning's fun, but it's hard. It's hard to be good. Or it's good. Uh, it's hard to be good. Um, and it's, it's it, man, it, it's, it's a lot of yeah. work, you know? Um, so it's just, it's, we, I mean, our, our coaching staff, I can't, I mean, how many distance programs only have like one coach that really knows right. what he's doing and, and, or, or, or her that really know what they're doing. I mean, we have four people and I'm, I'm really open. I, I mean, I let our coaches talk. I don't dominate like everything, you know, um, there's workouts they're, they're, they're holding the stopwatches and I'm, I'm kind of sitting back and watching to make sure like kids are in the right groups, you know, and, and we're doing things right. But. I mean, we had a culture this year. Our guys, you know, we're a small NAI school, so we're not – we don't get all the – I mean, we're sponsored by Adidas. You know, we're not getting tons of Adidas stuff and things like that. We get, a, we get a good amount of gear and stuff, but they don't wear it to practice every day. It's not like we have practice gear. Dude, every Tuesday and Friday, our kids would come, like, in team gear, and that, that wasn't even coach-driven. as athlete-driven, so you knew they were, like, ready to work hard, and it was a serious day, and um, you could just – I mean – the the passion that's going to have to develop to get to a point a year or two from now to maybe win something, you know, um, but it, it starts, you know, a few years in advance to get that going and staying consistent and having good leaders and people that buy in and, 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 and so forth. Like we're not, we're not a group that has team captains or anything like that. You know, I just believe leadership just shows up, you know, within your program and some kids lead by example and they're quiet and some 
are verbal or are you know vocal about it and and everybody brings a little something to the table you know some kids are goody two-shoe kids some kids got a chip on their shoulder but i think when you piece it all together and uh make them tough um and, and but but have strong character you know i think it goes back to that of doing things right when your back's up against the wall are you going to make the right decision you know um in the dorm rooms you know socially and things like that when you know um you know we made it through covid this fall 45 kids we didn't have Amazing. one covid case you know so yeah, I mean, I ho- now Halloween, Coach Barker here was sending a video message out to him. If you go out this weekend and mess up, <laughs> you know, your scholarship's on the line. I love it. Um, and so, but I was like, don't mess it up for your team. But, man, our kids, they're dedicated and disciplined, and they care about each other, too. You know, we get them to care about each other. We get them to buy in. It's, man, we, we, we just do so much with them, and we're invested. You know, and we use all those nice words. We you know, we, we spend a lot of time, a lot, a lot of time doing life stuff and, and character building stuff that, you know, some coaches, maybe, maybe it's not important because they're worried about their VO2 max or whatever, but you know, but you know what, man, when our kids buy in, man, they'll, they'll, they'll break through yeah. walls for me, you know, and, and for our, our coaching staff, you know, and it's, it's not about me. It's about us, you know, it's about St. Francis and being good year in and year out. Yeah, that's, and I, I definitely see that your your teams reflect you and your personality. And I kind of, I don't know if this is correct, but I kind of attribute that way back to, you know, Coach Torres and Andre. And, and that's, that's how I think of him and how he did yeah. things. You know what I mean? And just kind of that mentality you came from right. in that area. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, man. I mean, and a little bit is. I, always, I mean, dude, I, I always have, you always got to have a chip on your shoulder. You got to be a competitor too, you know. And I, I would think you'd be similar to this coming from Fort Wayne, like, dude you're at Concordia or different places, like maybe it wasn't the distance running powerhouse at the time or whatever, but dude, you, right. you make it that way, you know, and, and you keep getting better. You know, it's like, sometimes people are like, Oh, you won't get much better. You won't do this. And you're like, you know what, watch, we're going to do right. it year in year out. And we're going to keep coming after you. And we don't need full rides. We don't need a fancy, you know, alter G treadmill at the time or this, I like one, but right. I don't got one, but, <laughs> but, but yeah. we don't need it you know, because we got hills, uh-huh. we got hills, you know, we got these trails, we can do this or that. Like, so we don't make excuses, you know, we find ways to win and, and we use that as motivation, you know, when we go to the starting line at nationals and we get things done we might remind our kids of that. And they, they love that, you know, that's fiery, you know? So, you know, we always use the saying, you know, you come in in August and everyone's happy. It's like starting a new job. That's how I always explain it. You know, you get your first job, you're so excited, you get this salary, you show up the first day, and everybody's excited, you know, all right. And then two months from there, you're like, man, this is hard. This is hard work. And it's, it's, it's kind of worn off, you know, and then, then, it, then you find out who the tough people are um, and so forth. And we always tell our kids that like, you know, at the end of the year, we want to be the tough people. We want to outwork people. And yeah, the enthusiasm is going to come and go, but we're going to be consistent, be disciplined and have strong character. And at the end, we're going to, we're going to be the most successful and, and get, you know, achieve the best result we can achieve and, you know, from our ability and, and hopefully, you know, it's a high place, you know, at nationals. One of the last questions I have is, is, um, so, so St. University of St. Francis, Illinois is NAIA and, and, um, mm-hmm. Kansas Western was also NAIA. Uh, you had, you had one mm-hmm. gig D3. Mm-hmm. Is that right? The, yeah, it was no, uh, the, in St. Louis. Uh, how you met. I'm sorry. Right. Oh, yeah, so yeah. Some, some of the listeners too. don't understand the difference between 
NCAA D1, D2, D3, and then what will NEI? What is NEI? And so it kind of explained that, but also like right. when someone's picking, you know, the right place to go, like what would you advise kids on? Like, yeah, maybe you should go. This this is a kid that maybe should go NEI. Like this type of person, male or female, should go that versus D1. But because right. I know a lot of times it's it's parents or their coaches that are saying like you got to go D1, even if you have to walk on. And then I'm always like the one saying like, I don't know about that, right. you know, because if you're a 421 guy miler or a 521 girl miler, like you're never going to run nationals in D1. I mean, unless you have some insane, <laughs> you know, improvement. I mean, I think, I think uh, the year before, right. like 359.9 in the mile didn't even make nationals uh, on the men's side for D1. But anyway, right. go ahead. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess to start with the NAI. So the NAI, it used to be, and I could be wrong, but NAI, NCA Division One, that that's pretty much all there was. So like schools that were NAI were like Indiana State, El- Illinois State, Eastern Illinois, Nor- Northern Arizona mm-hmm. was an NAI school at one time back in the day. Um, and then you know they broke off. To, obviously, Division Two came, Division Three, um, and I, I think they're all really similar. Some are stronger than others in certain track events and, and areas. Um, you know, we can stack athletic money with academic money you know every institution has their own little scholarship thing but within the rules of the nai um college running though dude it's all about finding the right school the right coach um that meet, meets your ability um or not, not not necessarily your ability but meet meets what what you need as a runner to, to get better so dude in college running, we run against Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three all the time. Any school, if if they're a good program, you, you're gonna you can see every, um, every every division, and it's not not every sport is like that. So it's about finding the right school for right. you and the right coach where you can get better. I mean, there's guys and girls in mm-hmm. the NAI that run in the Olympic trials, um, and and you can go to Stanford, you can go to Mount Sac, you can go to all these different places that are popular and run, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter as long as you're running fast. So if you can get opportunities to run fast and, and, and so forth and have something at the end of the year. So kids, like you just mentioned, oh, you're a 420 guy. Maybe you go to the state meet and you're the best kid in your town or whatever for <laughs> 20 years and you ran 420. And you go to the state meet and you finish That's 11th right. and you're, oh, you're Division One, you're Division One. Well, and then, you, then you go to maybe a small mid-major. And, you, and I always tell kids, I'm right. like, you're never going to run in a national meet again. You're never going to run in a national meet. I, and I hope you do. And I don't like the negative recruit, but I always try to sell it in a different way. Like, hey, yeah. do you like running in national or the state meet? I was like, because when we go to nationals, to me, that's like going to Christmas or not Christmas. Yep. It's like going to Disney World three times a year. You know, we got indoors, outdoors, and it gives you something to look forward to at the end. There's an ultimate goal like the state meet. So you're going to work harder. After a year or two of Division One, and you're working your butt off. And maybe you're getting faster. Maybe you're running 415. And you're like, well, what's the point? I'm just running conference. And then it's over with. And then I'm at home. And then. Man, that NEI school, my buddy who chose that school, yeah. he's run the same as me and got better. He's running a national meet, and he's an All-American. He's getting more of an experience, and he's sticking out more. Sometimes you yeah. stick out more at that level at the national meet, and then say, and, and say you're an Olympic trials qualifier. You're going to stick out more to maybe even big-time shoe companies and things like that. You're going to get recognized, and, and they're going to get developed slowly, and you're not beaten up because they don't have to. Mm-hmm for points here and there and, and, and so forth. So there's a developmental side to it too. So it's really about finding the best academic choice and that, that fits you, the best coach um, that works and, you know, training environment, you know, socially, all that kind of stuff. But 
and then make, make sure they're giving you the right experience. But I mean, I, th- I think we do a good job of that. I know you, you've done that, Brad, with, with many kids. Mm-hmm. I know uh, like Alyssa ran for you and she was at division one places, came down and ran for you and then moved on to her professional career. And it, I mean, it really helped her um, as a person and, and, you know, and, and, and yeah. so forth. And that's, that's, that's a yeah, common that's, thing. That's very well put. Um, but yeah, just, uh, it just drives me nuts when it's always about the, the D1, even D1 over D2. It's like, man, there's, there's a lot of great D2 schools that could beat D1 schools, you know, and, and, and you can beat, you can beat D1 schools. Yeah. There's some bad well, D1 running yeah. programs. <laughs> in, in 2012, we won the national championship. Right? We, we beat the University of Illinois. That's yes, awesome. we beat the University of Illinois that year. Um, they had Illinois yep. Intercollegiates. They don't even have that meet anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it's it? because of us and good, good, good schools like North Central and stuff like that. But we, uh, right. we beat them. Now we haven't beat them again, but we we've beaten. You know, we we've been fortunate enough to beat Illinois States and some Bradleys, yeah. Eastern Illinois, on certain years. You know, and and so forth. And I, I all good programs. Yeah. Not talking, you know, bad on them, but we we we've we've done that. You know, we've gone down to Louisville. In 2012, we went down to Louisville, and that was the first year I think they hosted Division One Nationals. We ran up in the Gold Division. I think we finished 16th out of 30, mm. 30, 30 some schools, all Division One, you know, um, and, and so forth. Um, so, I mean, man, it's it's all about finding the right school, and we give our kids exposure and get to run against the best, and mm-hmm. um, we eat that give stuff a, up, Give a quick know? example so. of what it takes to qualify for the mile for a male and a female for indoor nationals. Yeah, for, for a guy in the mile, you got to run like under 14 or excuse me, 420 for a lady. I think it's about 512, 509 yeah. for like an, an, an A standard. So, I mean, give you an example. Like last year, we had five or six guys under five, mm. 420 in the mile uh, and so forth. They weren't all, I don't consider them all milers, but like right now, we have a 410 guy, 415 guy, 417 um, guy that are all mm-hmm. like freshmen, sophomores on our team. You know, and they were they were all in the four twenties, four thirties in high school. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, I mean, we can we can coach right. things too, just That's as right. good as the big and schools. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> hey, sometimes we're working even harder um, with those kids to because you know yeah. there's a lot more room for them to improve than the than that top end kid. Um, but as far as uh, mileage right. goes, right. what uh, what what are your like your heavy hitter, your 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 big time? dudes running mileage per week yeah yeah so right now we had a kid this year i mentioned his name earlier zach hoover uh, he's a big 10k guy for us i think gosh this fall he maybe had two weeks in the 70s that was those were down weeks and he probably averaged 97 96 miles a week for maybe 15 weeks so he had some hundreds that is awesome um and so forth um so yeah and he's most disciplined kid i've probably ever coached so he can handle it so him running 95 miles a week was like maybe a freshman kid in our program running like 60 yeah. miles a week. He was just normal. You know, I would say on the medium side, the majority of mm-hmm. our top guys, maybe in the eighties, you know, to nineties. Well, you know, like that four seventeen kid, a uh, third miler, he can't run that much. He would, he'd get banged up. So he's really yeah. good at 65 to 70. I feel like he stays fresh and, and so forth. So we, we look at who you are, where you came from, where you're at currently um, and, and so forth. I mean, my fastest kid, our school record holder, 419 or gosh 14 19 in the 5k and 815 3k um he could only run like 45 mm-hmm. 55 miles a week for us and he would only run five days a week because he would get hurt so i think we're really good at addressing those issues keeping kids healthy 
um, and getting the most out of their experience. You know, no one wants to sit around in a boot or anything like that. And I, I think I, I take a lot of pride and I think we do a pretty Very good job of keeping so. kids healthy. Um, and on the girl side, what are they hitting? Yeah. Man, we're, I don't think we're that high at all. We, we're probably stay between 45, 55 all the time, but man, it's quality stuff. And yeah, we're, there's, there's nothing fancy. If I showed you what we did on paper, you'd be like, that's it. And, but we're, but it's not, it's not what, what's on paper. It's how they, it's how they do it, you know, um, and, and how they believe in it. And, I know sometimes, like, since I've been here, it's about using your resources. You know, with us, we have great hills right behind our, our freshman dorm, and we do a lot of hill workouts back there. And I try to explain it to you. You're probably like, dude, I don't get it. But if you were there and you saw how hard they worked and the different things we did, you'd be like, I've holy cow, man, this is, the, this is good Instagram. stuff. I think I've seen so, some, some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, we're, we say our best indoor tracks right out there. It's the Little Bull. And I was like, that's our indoor track at St. Francis. And we got kids that – like last year, four nine, four, four ten, fifteen, seventeen, couple in the nineteens, twenties, all off of doing a lot of hills and a few workouts That's here amazing. and there. Um, so. All right, man. This yeah. has been a very educational, coach. Well, I don't know if it is, but <laughs> I think I'm pretty good sometimes. Well, I appreciate the time, man. We're gonna have to, we'll have to do this again with a little little panel of people that we like. Yeah, totally. a legend in my own mind. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, thanks for having me. There's, I mean, there's been awesome coaches on here um, and like Alyssa and man, I, I, I think I texted you a bunch during the summer saying how awesome the group is. And I enjoy listening to some of the people, you know, cause yeah. I heard them in clinics and things like that. So it's, it's fun and hopefully Definitely. helpful and, to and others out there listening. I, mean, I, I haven't come across very many coaches, distance coaches that will say no. That's what I always say to young coaches is, you know, just ask them, Hey, <laughs> can we go out for a beer and talk? Like, I mean, very rarely is somebody, and I never say no. Yeah. I mean, as long as you're buying the beer, you know. But, uh, but I know you're the same. Right, right. Well, and, and you always give you, yeah, and you yeah. always give everything. I'll give all my ideas. Right. I don't care, dude. I want people to get better, and then. Well, yeah, it's like you got to get your said, kids like, to buy in. I don't hold back know? the secrets right. because you, they have to do it right. It has to be implemented correctly, and the kid has to execute it correctly. So, you know, you, you could have. I mean, everybody could have the right. best running books in the world, but you've got to implement it correctly and get the right kids like you're talking about and get them to buy in. So I never, uh, I never hold back. So, but, yeah. um, but I think distance coaches are, they're pretty friendly in that regard. So, uh, all right. Well, you yeah, have a for great sure. night, man. We'll talk soon. All Thanks. right. You too. Thanks for having me.